Let me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Suckatash. Yes, Suckatash Clips, the original comedy soundcast featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy soundcast soundcaster, Mark Hershon. Yes, it's me, Mark Hershon, your host and corporeal being for Epi 153 of Suckatash, the comedy soundcast soundcast. And this is another installment of Suckatash Clips, where we feature clips from comedy soundcasts from all over the place. I want to thank our associate producer, Tyson Sainer, for harvesting half of the shows you're going to hear on this episode. He does a great job finding new shows for us. He also has his own soundcast, the Anti-Social Show, that he co-hosts with Hunter Block, who also happens to be a friend of Suckatash, and they just got their show up on iTunes recently. So check them out there or back on SoundCloud where they got their start. That's um, the Anti-Social Show. Speaking of iTunes, if you'd like to be a friend of this show as well and have not yet rated and reviewed Suckatash, please do so. It doesn't cost you a dime, and it really does help our visibility in Soundcast land. For that matter, if you listen to us on the Laughable app or Stitcher or SoundCloud, it'd be great if you'd rate us using whatever system they've got going on there. Hearts, check marks, thumbs up, whatever. Same goes for YouTube and iHeartRadio, two more fab spots that you can hear our spew. As far as this epi goes, we've got clips coming in on this installment from Chilpack Hollywood Hour, Crazy Town, The David Feldman Show, Harmontown, Nerd Poker, Nerds with Words, PTO Unlimited, Show Yourself Out, and Studio 60 Sessions. In addition, we also have a double dose of our Burst O'Durst featuring political comedian and social commentator Will Durst. Plus, this episode is brought to you by Henderson's Pants Coveralls. Speaking of Durst, let's get into the first of our segments with Will. Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words, and this time I guarantee they're going to be uplifting. Some nice folk have been kind enough to take time from their busy schedule to provide me with a faint whiff of feedback. And oh, by the way, moron is spelled with two O's, idiot doesn't have an E, and using all caps is, frankly, considered rude. It seems a tiny segment of my adoring audience is of the opinion that this hard-hitting, investigative, journalistic feature needs to be more positive as concerns our beloved president, Donald J. Trump. Apparently, my recent musings have been viewed as skewing towards the strident and focused on the negative. It should be pointed out that my job description entails mocking and scoffing and taunting no matter the partisan nature of the White House occupant. And everything should be fair game, including but not limited to policies, physical features, and administrative behaviors such as mendacity, stupidity, duplicity, chicanery, hypocrisy, humidity, treachery, and treason. For those of you who feel there has been a bias on my part, please accept my heartfelt apologies and allow me to calm these troubled waters by digging up a few of the affirmative aspects of living in America during the time of Trump. Uh, The next president won't have to worry about living up to an impossibly high standard. (laughs) The phrase witch hunt has re-entered popular usage. The president has done for political comedy what legalized marijuana did for Cheetos. Washington, D.C. legal industry, specializing in political criminal defense, is experiencing a growth spurt. Both Democrats and Republicans are united in their disdain for James Comey. Russian language schools are swamped. And finally, the sales of maple leaf patches to be sewn onto backpacks when traveling overseas have skyrocketed. For Succotash, the comedy soundcast soundcast, I'm Will Durst. Will is obviously very focused on the political scene, and I've got to tell you that I think having Donald R. Trump in the office has got to be comedy gold for a guy like Will. You can get more funny and find out where he'll be appearing live at his home site, willdurst.com. A soundcast that's been around for a while in various forms is The David Feldman Show. David is a former stand-up comedian who I've known since he first got his stage start in the San Francisco Bay Area. 
He took off years ago, heading for L.A. and then New York, where he's been a writer on a bunch of TV shows. He's been a guest on Succotash before, back in Epi 108, and I was tickled that he asked me to be on his show just a couple of weeks ago. As I mentioned, the style of his show has changed over the years. He used to do a version that was a lot like, well, kind of like an old radio show with fictional characters and sound effects. But lately, the David Feldman show has become much more of a chat show. And the episodes can literally go five hours long. That's how the the one that I was on went. And I can only imagine that by the time I got up on uh, the mic, a lot of people had moved on. So here are me and David Skyping on a lovely Sunday afternoon. Television is the brass ring. Yeah. It's what everybody wants. And yet, you know, I do Greg Fitzsimmons' podcast, and every time I do it, it's like I was just on The Tonight Show. For some <laughs> reason, the reaction is I've got lawsuits, death threats, <laughs> subpoenas. I mean, it's because audio connects with people in a way that nothing else does. I always say it's preliterate. Before we had reading, we had people talking into your ear. Yeah. Yep. And I, I, in fact, I think the last time I reviewed Greg's podcast was when you were on and you were uh, about to undergo a, uh, a civil um, hearing of, of sorts. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't so I, civil. No, but I mentioned if I, you know, is it a show I would have listened to if I didn't have earbuds to make it a very sort of private experience for me? Because uh, you guys, you know, you guys had no restrictions on your language. You had no restrictions on the t- subject matter. And I was I mean, I was literally running in the dark in the hills of Mill Valley laughing my ass off. And <laughs> I just I, I'm sure I look quite insane if anybody had seen me. But. I don't think I would have done that if this was a medium where you've got the speakers on and you got it cranked up and you got the car windows down. That's not the show for that. Because yeah. you're afraid somebody might hear it. Someone might hear it. It might be inappropriate uh, mm-hmm. for any number of reasons. But it, it's a very it can be a very personal experience, which I think sets it apart from almost any kind of media we have had up to this time. I agree. I've been saying that podcasting is not a means it's an end in and of itself Mm, interesting because you know netflix is an end in and of itself and it changes the way you watch television you know this is hackneyed to say this but you binge watch an entire series in two days now yeah yeah which changes your among other things a screenwriter so when you write a series, the arc is completely different now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're writing a 12-part movie. You're a branding expert. That is true. What is a branding expert? Uh, It's somebody who really knows how to get a calf down on the ground and tie it (laughs) off and then get that hot iron and just like, you know exactly where to put it in. (laughs) What does branding mean? And what is uh, a branding? I, I, I'm bearing the lead. Years ago, I couldn't do it, but you invited me up to San Francisco for a naming ceremony. You are the Elia Kazan of the 21st <laughs> century because you name names. You are hired by companies to come up with names. Now, I think you created the name Gyna Motrin. <laughs> I, I was involved in the Gynamotrin. Now, the, now some of this is is sort this of legally is, sticky, right? Because I work for. So is Gynamotrin. Yes. Yeah, oh my God! You should have come to that session. I wish you had. What is Gynamotrin? Uh, it's a lubricant. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say that. Okay. A female lubricant. You can find the David Feldman Show and all the usual download and streaming sites, but you can also go right to the source at davidfeldmanshow.com. Usually for our friends in soundcasting, Dean Haglin and Phil Lerness of Chill Pack Hollywood Hour fame, I reserve playing clips from their show unless they're mentioning me, because I am just that self-absorbed. But uh, a couple of weeks ago, they were on the road across the great U.S. of A. Dean was even in the country from Australia, where he's been living the past couple of years, and they were at a famous Monsters convention in Dallas, Texas. 
they were not alone. Instead, they sat down with Bruce Harwood and Tom Braidwood, actors who had co-starred with Dean as the trio known as the Lone Gunman, first on the X-Files TV show, and then for a season in their spinoff, The Lone Gunman. Here's a chunk of that chat. Uh, have the two of you ever been to Dallas before? No. No. So are you going to go and uh, get in the, de- the book depository window just to feel what it's like to hold the... I'd like to. I'd like to. Apparently yeah. the, the uh, museum is pretty amazing. Yeah. I'd like to see it. Yeah. I've been there twice now, and uh, uh, I think I was there after it newly opened, and I was shocked that, A, you can't stand at the window because they got that plexiglassed off with, like, uh, cardboard boxes oh, to yeah. show you what it looks like. And then I thought, okay, well, let's see if I can run down six flights of stairs and get to the State Theater in two and a half minutes to see. And they blocked off the stairwell <laughs> as well. So you can only take the elevator after going through a metal detector. And then you have to see, like, oh, the age of Camelot and how great it was. Is in there the an Kennedy. interactive game where you try and shoot Kennedy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my God. A VR goggle? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just see if you can Sorry. do it semi-automatic twice. Can you squeeze off two shots and actually hit the guy from this distance? <laughs> no, they don't have that. <laughs> Oddly enough, but the darkest thing, and apparently it's not here anymore, but there was a Kennedy tour yes. in a open air sixty two oh, well, Cadillac. You told me. Yeah. Oh, the, okay. I saw it here when I was here in the nineties, and I got to think it was discontinued. But basically, it was a silver Cadillac open air, and then it would drive you through Dealey Plaza at twenty miles an hour. Okay, that's creepy. It <laughs> wasn't oh, that creepy. Man. And it was like this tour group. And they tour. have a guy standing with an umbrella on the grass, you know, watching as you go by, <laughs> yeah, exactly. right? Exactly. Just like waiting for you. I hate, uh, you know, hitting you up with uh, gunmen or X Files questions that you've probably been asked uh, way too many times before, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, so I don't hate it that much. Uh, <laughs> so your namesake, John Fitzgerald uh, Kennedy, right? John Byers. Fitzgerald Byers. Yeah. Uh, when you were uh, preparing the role, playing the role, did you uh, do any research into Kennedy? No, because no, I didn't know I had a Fitzgerald was my middle name until okay. the, yeah, until we didn't the, know that until, until the like, episode like where it's seven, eight years the playing the character. I was Byers, okay. and then suddenly I got oh, I've got two extra names. Okay, so you know it was a big, big news to me, and that was the pilot of a of the right. gunman spinoff. Yeah. Is that what like, they said? It? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's when we all got names, right? Oh, well, we makes got sense it when we were then. arrested. With um, my names were given to me when it was. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, that was the the, uh, the, uh, the Vegas Richard episode. Belzer. Yeah, yeah with yeah, Richard Belzer episode. arresting us. So there you go, season six. Yeah, it, it was late yeah. in the game. It was so a- I had no chance to plan anything. Yeah. Okay. It gets thrown at you after the fact. Because it was a beautiful uh, speech about the inspiration um, uh, derived from Kennedy, from the uh, from You have the, the more vivid memories of this episode than I do. Uh, I know. I thought it was a really nice piece of writing, and I wondered whether that had... Whether that had tied in with research that you had done in in advance. Research? No. What do you think I'm method okay. or something? <laughs> yeah. no. What kind of actor do you think this guy is? <laughs> I told you I hate asking the question. <laughs> Mostly for the mockery I, that I, I'll I, receive. I have an old-fashioned version of method. I basically I have the, it's the Bella Lugosi uh-huh. method. Yeah. Where you look in the mirror and you repeat your name over and over again and go, "I am John Byers. I am John Byers." Because right. like he used to stand and look in the mirror and go, "I am Dracula. I am right. Dracula." Right. That's how he got himself psyched up. Right. No, so that, really? That's that, like. Right, that and the heroin. Early, oh, yeah. No, it was cook. It was opium. It was oh, you know, oh, much, more, much more primitive. Primitive. Yeah. <laughs> my mistake. Yes. So you used a lot, a lot of opium to prepare for. <laughs> yes. Is this what I'm hearing? Just to rest. Oh, I was God. like really tense, you know. So I needed to calm down a little. Oh, you know, just, oh, just take God. the edge off a little. There's just a tiny smidgen out of their fascinating talk. You can hear more at their home site, chillpackhollywood.com, or grab the stream or download from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, or wherever fine soundcasts are found. In a related bit of news, Phil Ernest is also hosting a monthly soundcast from and about the Los Angeles Breakfast Club, an outfit that's been around almost a century. He's asked me to do uh, some of the announcing duties on that podcast, so when the next episode drops in July, you're likely to hear these very dulcet tones making with the announcer guy spiel. Let's grab one of Tyson Saner's picks for this episode. It's from a soundcast we've featured before, but it's always a delight to drop in and see what latest bit of outrageousness is going on over in Harmontown. In this case, the clip we have is from back in March when Harmontown had been annexed to Austin, Texas as part of South by Southwest. Men can't imagine what it's like to be a woman. We can't. We can think we can. We fucking can't. I'm going to. Watch. 
stand back. Spencer, Dungeon Master, me waking up of being a woman. Jeff, play appropriate music. How much time do we have left? Uh, we got loads of time. Okay. You wake up in a bedroom. It's empty because you make less money than men. I get out of bed. All right. You're still in the bedroom. I put I put on whatever outfit will walk the line between me being branded a slut and uh, me being dismissed as a human being. You manage to thread the needle once more like millions of women across the earth do every morning of their lives. Slutty outfit! Can I ask can I ask what I'm wearing? Oh uh, no. Okay. That's probably a good idea. I go down to uh, get into an Uber. All right. Where I'm certain that someone will simply drive me to work. It's doing the thing where it's like a block away, but it's just spinning around for the last five minutes. It shows up, and the guy makes no indication that that wasn't supposed to be part of his job. I, I get in. Oh, he touches you. I file a complaint with Uber. It doesn't matter. He gets promoted to head of Uber. (laughs) You get to your job or whatever. I get get out of the Uber and I run for president. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this. I'm fucking ending it. I've played nice. I'm running for president. You lose, yeah. More people hated me than liked me? Uh, It turns out. You did what you had to do. Are you saying I lost the popular vote? No, that's what's crazy. Oh, okay. And it's argued, you know, you might have won even harder if not for, you know, the striking... Okay, that's too political. Sorry. I was going to talk about the Voting Rights Act. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I walk into the woods and I wait for someone to need me. No one, yeah. No one needs you, but everyone wants something from you. And it's your problem. All the trees are mad. I, I go up to one of the trees. Okay. It ignores you. <laughs> I thought I just heard you grumbling things about me being... A- Why are you being such a bitch? <laughs> you know, we've been growing here for hundreds of years. No one's coming through being talked about by us before until you. So you're the problem. All right, I go further into the woods. All right. You do that. Um... You find, uh, you find, uh, you know, you're, you're feeling, you're feeling cramping up. You're cramping. Oh, no. I, I, go, I, I, I pay attention to that feeling. It's, it's worse than what men have to deal with on their daily lives. <laughs> but you just, you don't even, you know, you don't even mention it unless it's kind of crippling you and making you in bed. The fact that you're walking around means it's not even worth mentioning, even though it's terrible, crippling agony. I, I go home and I pour, I put on some tea. And I read a, a book. The book has all sorts of opinions on stuff that you should do or represent that don't even have anything to do with what you think you should do in life. I, I turn on the television. I feel gonna... like we peaked. Have we peaked? Sorry. On the television, it's more of the same. The media is rewarding men for doing things that hurt you and punishing you for doing the things that demand your equal rights. Yeah, I... see, this is what I mean. It's just, it's just the sad reality of life. I, 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 try, I try to do comedy about the situation because I think it'll be so funny that it'll make people, yeah. Like, yeah, uh, why aren't women funny? This is terrible. Who said that? Everybody on earth. I, 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 I try to prove them wrong by being really uh, dirty and lateral. You do amazing stuff, and a couple alt comedians and people in the scene are like, yeah, she's getting really big. But, you know, you've done everything that everyone... I, I don't know. 
I'd, 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 I'd say a really funny joke. I'd say a really funny joke that's like kind of fucking crazy because it's inappropriate. And oh, like, it goes over well. You get what's uh, what's considered a polite chuckle, and after the show, seven guys try and hit on you, saying, "You know, you're actually pretty funny." Now can I be president? No. <laughs> All right. So, well. Spencer Crittenden, world's best feminist. That clip ran a little longer than we generally do here on the show, but Tyson thought it showed off, quote, some of Spencer Crittenden's finest DMing, unquote. Well, I would love to get on that show to play a little D&D with those guys. Or Nerd Poker, for that matter. Speaking of which, Nerd Poker is back. This is a soundcast that signed off a couple of years ago and was known as Nerd Poker with Brian Posehn and Friends. It was on Earwolf and had a pretty big following for a show that was just a bunch of friends who happened to be comedians and comedy writers sitting around and playing Dungeons and Dragons. At the end of April this year, though, a version of the show snuck back into soundcast land. It's now called Brian Posehn's Nerd Poker. Slight shift in the title. It's not network-affiliated anymore, and so rather than being recorded in the Earwolf Studios, the action happens in Brian's home in L.A. The DM is Dan Telfer, and in addition to Brian, the players include Blaine Kapach and Ken Daly, both of whom were in the original crew. Here's a slice from a recent episode where the characters are fighting something that might just be a werewolf. Yeah, we got to get it. To the point where you can stick it in them. Yeah, as you as you uh, ask each other about stakes, this thing uh, looks right at you and goes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's uh, interesting. Right <laughs> Roll to see if I can clean my pants. Thanks for reminding me to take my dice out, which I will be using immediately. I'm going to use my loot to fly. Okay. Uh, your DOS loot? Yeah, my DOS loot. <laughs> uh, as far as I know, uh, you play this loot and it does not give you any kind of flying powers. What? <laughs> They've all got the, the flying powers. Do they really? Yeah. All right, time. all right, everybody, it's time for Pedantic's Corner. We're going to go check out... <laughs> 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 this Pedantic's Corner brought to you by... Uh, it's brought to you by Beef Life. You thought Cinnamon Life was bad. <laughs> Beef. <laughs> yeah, wait, what? Cereal what are you doing? <laughs> like cereal. I just thought that, you know, well, you know like Cheerios and protein. That's why I think that's what Tupac the Butcher had tattooed on the stomach. <laughs> Beef life. Yeah. Uh, thug life is, uh, is pretty good. It's not as good as a cinnamon toast thug. Uh, Doss loot. Uh, Terry, so, ch- so check it out. I'm looking at page 176, referee. So am I. Uh, instrument of the bars. Here's your instrument. Uh, down here it says Das Loot, uncommon. It gives me these spells. Animal friendship, protection from energy, fire only, and protection from poison. But all instruments at the very top uh, give you fly, invisibility, levitate, protection from evil and good. Oh my plus goodness. Plus the spells listed for the particular instrument. So We have a winner. Yeah, so I have all that stuff, and now I'm flying. You sure are. <laughs> Oh my god! In your face. Yeah. The former DM has officially attacked the current DM and won successfully. No, I'm not attacking anyone. I'm just saying, hey, I can fly. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you, you, That Seriously, was the most angry I've ever seen Blaine, though. No, I wasn't angry. He wanted I was, like, to exc- fucking I was excited. Fly. I was excited because I made sure I could do that. Uh, yeah, bro, you're flying as fuck. You're all right, so, so I'm flying. flying. Now, we're, are we outside or inside? You're outside. Okay, all right. Nah, then I'm gone. Are you flying away? <laughs> yeah, it's game over. Yeah, I'll see you later. <laughs> All right. Oh, we just lost I'll see you at Barney's Beater in about 20 minutes. <laughs> you get Jerry to sit in now. <clears throat> Are you attacking? Flyer? Or are you just flying? Was oh, no, I, I thought that, that, would, that would be my round, I would think, is, is me uh, strumming the... Uh, yeah. My F, uh, F sharp. That makes sense. Um, who's up? I can't tell Roll for initiative, man. Sure. 13. Yeah, I forgot about the stuff that covered all the instruments. How big is this guy? Um, 15? Uh, my size? Yeah, he's like your size. Oh, is that initiative or? I guess. Do we roll 600 or what? Uh, 20. 20. Oh, okay. I'm going to fight him with the great sword. I like it. see if, what kind of damage it does and then, then decide what I need to do. Alright, he starts charging towards you guys. He is not a feared. 
Take away his credit card. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. He's probably got Venmo. <laughs> <laughs> Since Nerd Poker's not on a network anymore, they're hoping to get some tasty donations through Patreon. So that's what they're doing. Uh, that's what they're using as their home site, patreon.com slash nerdpoker. They've even offered special exclusive episodes featuring guests that are playing characters that you might want to check out. Incidentally, I just popped the top on our Patreon account. That's right. Succotash is now part of the Patreon Soundcast life support system. Not quite sure what I'm doing with it yet, so I think the only option currently available is to kick us like a dollar a month, for which we will thank you every show in our cavalcade of gratitude. I also think there's a thing that that's live, that if we get 250 followers there, I will commit to churning out an episode each and every week on a regular release day. So, uh, I don't know if that would ever happen, but who knows? So check out that page at patreon.com slash succotash. And as I get to learn how that thing works, I'll put more special stuff up there. I almost went into this next clip when I came out of the Harmontown snippet just because of the name, which is Crazy Town. You see, Harmontown, Crazy Town. Now, it may be called Crazy Town, but the host Jonas... J-O-N-A-A-S, takes pains on the home site to make sure no one's offended by things that happen in Crazy Town. Here's part of his disclaimer. Quote, let me be serious with everyone for a second. This podcast is all about having fun and being goofy and poking fun at things. Nothing should be taken super serious. And the hosts and anyone else involved in this podcast are great people who have no prejudices of any sort in any way, shape or form. This podcast is a work of fiction. Please keep that in mind, even though real-life events and stories are discussed. If anyone is offended or feels that they have been wronged, let us please apologize up front, as that is not our intent in any way, shape, or form. He loves that phrase, way, shape, or form, apparently. Anyway, unquote. Uh, it makes you very curious what we're about to hear, though, right? Welcome back to the Crazy Town Podcast special 13th episode, Unlucky People Extravaganza. I'm here with TNT Dynamite still. You still here with me? I'm here. I'm here. Awesome. So the first segment, we talked about some unlucky people, some unlucky names, some unlucky baseball guys, whatever. So now I want to talk about Friday the 13th. People always talk about Friday the 13th being like a unlucky day. I mean, that's when Jason Voorhees comes out and kills everybody. I mean, it's it's pretty fucking good shit. You ever had anything uh, bad happen to you on Friday the 13th? Uh, no, I don't, I don't really buy into the superstition too much. Yeah, I don't either. But I'm sure I'm about to tell you about five different stories of people and had things happen to them on Friday the 13th. And I'm sure they didn't believe it either. But then after this happened, well, some of them, if they were still around, I'm sure felt differently about Friday the 13th. Da, so, da, da. <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> so the first one, real quick, I don't know if you knew this or not. Tupac died on Friday the 13th. Shut the fuck up, really? He was shot on the 7th, and then he died on the 13th from the gunshots. I, for some reason, I thought he died instantly, but he didn't. He was in the hospital. He died on October 13th, 1996, which was a Friday the 13th. Wow. I did not know that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. yeah, this is the second time we've mentioned Tupac on the show. We talked about his, his his Christmas anthem, episode six. That was so long ago. Yeah, I know, right? It's fucking episode, we're episode 13. We're more than double from that. Holy shit. So, Good all shit. right, that's the first one. That's real quick. Right. Um, The alive plane crash, the where the rugby team that crashed in the mountains and ate each other, Friday, October 13th, 1972. Wait, there was a rugby team that ate each other in the mountains? You, the movie Alive from, like, the 90s? You don't know about that? Uh, uh... Okay, here's what happened. I got I got a little synopsis, because I was afraid you may not know about some of this. All right, all right yeah, yeah. There was a yeah, rugby man. team going to Chile. There was okay. 45 people on the plane. Holy um, shit. They weren't all rugby players. There was, like, some friends and family, I think, too. So the oh, plane man. crashes in the fuck. I think it's, like, the, in the Andes Mountains or some shit. I don't know, something like that. Yeah. So when the plane crashed, 12 people died, and then six more died a few days later. 
So then they they were chilling and they and, they, and whatever. I mean, they're just chilling in the mountains. <laughs> they're just chilling in the you mountains know, after playing grass. Right, and they had like the fuselage, so they had some protection from like the elements, but not like a lot because it was like open. And uh, so then they like they decided to like make a home camp in the fus in in the fucking that thing and well then it then one night an avalanche came and killed eight more of them because it buried them in the fucking inside the plane holy shit and then like so then it basically got to the point where they had to like eat their friends to like survive what you didn't know about this i mean it sounds like vaguely familiar but i didn't (laughs) know like the story i thought it was just a fictional story (laughs) no oh no no that and and it happened on friday the 13th 1972 so only 16 people of the of the 45 survived they lived they they were there for over two months they didn't get rescued till december isn't cannibalism against the law though one last thing, and this is from our associate producer, Tyson. He says, quote, the clip sets up the promise of five unlucky people or incidents, etc., but there was only enough room in the clip for two examples. So if people want to hear the other three, they can grab the episode from the Ace Podcast Network at acepodcasts.com slash podcasts, unquote. And then look for Crazy Town when you get there. And now here's our announcer, Bill Haywatt, with a word from our sponsor. Hello, friends. Bill Haywatt here. Are you disappointed with pants that don't live up to the hype? Are you sick and tired of pants that don't fulfill the promise of their name? Well, the good folks at Henderson's Pants want you to know that they take their craft seriously. Oh, very seriously. And that's why they're proud to introduce their new Henderson's Coveralls. Now, I know what you're thinking. Hold on one second, mister. I've seen coveralls before, that staple of the farming, construction, and automotive repair communities. Well, that's true, friends, but admit it, you harbor a deep disappointment when you find that traditional coveralls don't actually cover all. Oh, not even close. Traditional coveralls annoyingly leave the feet, neck, and cranium completely exposed, which is tantamount to false advertising until now. Henderson's has taken the coverall concept to a whole new level by eliminating the annoying pant holes, sleeves, and neckline, then installing a single zipper that encloses three sides of this rectangular garment, you get a warm, durable fabric that covers your entire body. Truly a coverall for all. Originally designed for disaster relief areas, tsunami-prone beaches, and plane crash cleanups, the design of the Henderson's coveralls has nothing to do with rumors of a recent contract that fell through for Henderson's to provide 10,000 body bags to FEMA. That's Henderson's, makers of stuff sacks and ditty bags since 1834, and now back to Succotash. Take it away. Marco. Thank you, Bill. For those of you who may be longtime listeners of Succotash, you might be interested to know that I recently sat down with our producer engineer, Joe Polino, and Bill to kick around some drink recipes from Bill's colorful past working in radio so we can go back into Studio P and get around the wet bar for some new installments of Boozin' with Bill. Yes, that's a segment we haven't heard in, God, it's been over a year. It's looking pretty certain we're going to be mixing up those libations in the very near future, and I will bring them to you exclusively right here on this show. Back to the clips with a glimpse into the glamorous showbiz life of Jackie Cation and Lori Kilmartin. Jackie has her soundcast, The Dork Forest, and has been running that for years now. But she and Lori teamed up last year to put out Show Yourself Out, which is usually the two hosts talking about performing in comedy as women, the state of comedy today, and reminiscing about various hell gigs over the years. But Lori was a recent guest on Conan, so she and Jackie headed backstage just before that appearance to do their show from there. And this clip is from then. Um, so we're in, we're in my dressing room and, yes. um, you got a cheese plate, you got a I've, fruit plate. I have Things a cheese and fruit. Uh, so this, I, I feel okay now. Good. Um, I, I don't know what dropped. Oh I goodness. can't believe how many high tech things you've dropped <laughs> since you've gotten here. I was looking that anything of yours works is unbelievable to me. I just want, I want my notes. Cause what if we, we're not going to run out of anything to talk about? Cause you are, uh, yeah. like a, a bumblebee. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> what? what? Hey, I, I'm going to be on television. Well, okay. So I, I was in New York last week, right? Yeah. 
please make eye contact. Please, on this one, for fuck's sake, make eye contact. Right, you need me. I'm here. We're here. <laughs> We're doing it. We're bonding. So I did. I think I did like 26 or 28 spots. Oh my god! Yes. In seven days. Six days. Six Sa- days. Sunday through Saturday. That's that. And y- you know what? All right. I want to be supportive. Turn your fucking phone over. No. What I'm doing is I'm capturing it as a picture and then oh, okay. I can turn it off so that I can have notes whenever the fuck I want. Oh, I see. Yeah, so. Okay. Okay. So, um, so I, I had done this certain set that I, I, I worked with JP on yeah. and, uh, I kind of stuck it in the middle of my, like my 10 or 12 or 15 minutes sp- spots. Sure, Cause I'm like, stick it in the middle. I'm like, Hey, I, I still need to work as a New Yorker. You know, right. I can't just, okay. So then and they're a little warmed up. Yes. Um, so I didn't realize the opening joke probably shouldn't be an opening joke until I, when I got to LA, I started until doing, the 22nd. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. Until I got back to LA <laughs> oh, and yeah, then I was like 28? LA from here on out, I'm just doing five minutes. That's, I just want to work it. Yeah. And, and then the first two on Monday now, granted they, they were in audiences full of comics that have probably seen every joke I'm doing and <laughs> I'm trying to stay on point and not acknowledge, you know what I mean? Where you're not right, being right. your you're normal self. It. Yeah. So, but two bombs in a row at the lab and then at Little Joy. Right. Was that Monday? Yeah, that was Monday. So I I was like, oh, fuck. It's never going to work. Because I was crushing in New York. That's because nobody had seen those jokes. Everyone in LA knows. It was audiences. Yeah, and they were regular audiences. And and, and there was like, it was a set. And then Tuesday, it was a set at the improv in the main room, but the audience sucked. And it was just like one of those things where normally I would have dropped all my plans and just tended to this audience, but I had to like stay on script. And I'm like, fuck. You know, and then the next set was also at the lab, which is also not a great place to gauge how it's going to work in front of a mainstream audience because right, it's right. very comic heavy. Yeah, and, but I was in a panic. I went to I went to the open mic. Oh, at, that's right. Then you went and picked up a third set. I went to Foo Bars and they just closed the open mic, but there are people still there. So I'm like, can I just do a set quickly? So the guy <laughs> goes, hey, everyone, we're going to have one more comic. <laughs> And so I did five oh, minutes into comedy, LA new comics style. that hadn't seen it. Yep. So it, it was like, it was, but it was still no way to gauge. And I, so I just, I was panicking. This is Monday and Tuesday, right? Right. And so Tuesday night, I listened to a bunch of sets and record them. And then I emailed JP. I'm like, Hey, I think if I open with this other joke that wasn't on the initial list, it'll just work better. I mean, that's kind of the joke I warmed up the audiences in New York with for my set that I had packed oh, inside. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, can I just open with that? And he said, okay. You can find Show Yourself Out on the Nerdist Network or anywhere else fine soundcasts are heard, including the Laughable app, iTunes, Google Play, and more. Tyson snipped us off a hunk of a soundcast called Nerds with Words featuring Adam Nutter and Greg Trout. Now, that's not to be mistaken with or for Nerds with Words, where the S's are in Nerds and Words are spelled with a Z. Totally different soundcast. And kind of confusing because they used to spell it the same way. And then somewhere along the way, the other guys changed the S's to Z's. Don't know what that's about. Our clip is from a recent show featuring guest Joe Messina, a comedian and soundcaster, who just shut down his show, Breaking Up With Joe, where he was recounting the details of a painful breakup he'd gone through. He also has a stage show they talk about uh, in in this clip called Party Lines. We pick up here mid-discussion about that show. We were working on the show, and, and then, like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, the, the whole, um, there was the new revelations, and then Comey got fired, and it was yeah. like, oh, wow, okay, we're going to have a show. Yeah. <laughs> Comey found out he got fired by somebody, by somebody handing him a newspaper. Yeah, so right. That's, that's uh, actually hilarious, no matter which way you look at it. That's just funny. That's exactly. <laughs> I got fired? <laughs> what? Let's look at the fucking paper. Interestingly enough, that's how the three talking heads that aren't David Byrne learned the talking heads broke up. <laughs> All right. Somebody handed yeah. them the Rolling right. Stone that he mentioned it. And oh, yeah. they're like, huh, how about that? That's right. <laughs> Our income's just changed. It's the ultimate fuck you. <laughs> it's the ultimate <laughs> fuck you. Disrespect. I've always thought James Comey had a lot in common with the other three members of Talking Heads. Yeah, I think he would at this moment agree more than anyone. Where are you doing the show in Philly? It's at uh, Good Good Comedy. Oh, Theater. is that good? Yeah. yeah. Um, Place is popping. Yeah. It is. It's a lot of good stuff. Blowing up. There, for uh, sure. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's. I think it's helping put Philly on the, the comedy map a little bit. I, we were just talking about that yesterday, Greg and I. Yeah. Uh, it's like, because I'm coming from New York, and obviously New York is New York, and you know, you have LA, but like, I feel like Philly gets shit on. But like yeah. since I moved here, like I realized there's a lot of good comedians here that you never really saw in New York, you know. And it's like this place is 
just as great as anywhere else. Yeah. It's just, I, I it's think, just not New York or LA, so people just look down right. upon it. Good Good's a nice alternative to basically your mainstream structured comedy places like mm. Helium and The Punchline. Yeah. Um, and it offers such a great variety of, of styles of comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe the last time I was there was for financial guru Greg Gethard, which was oh yeah one funny show. <laughs> he was, was on the show, our show. Yeah, we had him on. Yeah, but yeah it was awesome. That was, that was a great yeah. show. Mm-hmm. Um, you're doing party lines. Your your podcast just ended. Yeah, yeah. Breaking up with Joe was a podcast I started last summer um, after a uh, breakup. Believe it or not. And um, <laughs> well, it's such a great concept for for a podcast. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, well, it was, yeah, it really is. It was a lot of fun to do, um, but I I don't know. I I I hit a wall with it a couple of times. I think in general, I don't love um, doing interviews, like being the interviewer. Um, mm-hmm. And after a while, it was just sort of uh, the the show was at its best. I think when I was. Um, in a, in a much different headspace, and I was sort of getting different advice from people mm-hmm. about how to handle, um, I've, you know, like dating's always just been a, a, an enigma to me, and I just <clears throat> who isn't it for though? I, I guess it is, and that's yeah. what, sort of what I found out doing the show, and I, you know, all this advice I got and everything, I just came to the conclusion that like, all right, this person does what works for them. There's no <laughs> reason for me to have them on the show and tell me what to do. Right. Right. Um, so, tell everyone what your show is about because this is very inside right now. <laughs> I don't want everybody to know. It's such, cause it's such a great it was such a great concept. Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, I started this show after a breakup, and um, I would interview people about their you know current dating life, their past dating life, um, sometimes the future. Um, and we try, yeah, we tried to uh, we did some cool stuff with it. I think we had like a, um, a divorce lawyer on. That's we cool. had um, a few things like that, but after a while, it was like you know I was trying to do one every week, and nothing against anyone we've had on the show, but it was like I know people in their mid to late twenties who do comedy, and it was sure. like how many of that interview can we do and still glean new information? So yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get where you're coming from. However, interestingly enough, for somebody listening who is not you, it was actually very fascinating. Because I didn't have a personal stake in it, and I assume most listeners didn't. Um, unless, I, you, unless you're just plowing through Philly. Well, no, well, unless you were literally in the relationship with Joe, which yeah. I, I was not. Um, you sure? I think I'd remember. Okay, that. I was being yeah, sure. Man, I'd be so happy. <laughs> Happiest guy. Um, but it was like it was weekly, another person's perspective on dating, which it's a, what you basically came away with was the whole idea of dating is this thing different as a fingerprint to everybody. Sure. Yeah. And there were episodes like the one with Rachel Fogletto where you got great, great perspective on uh, the female point of view, which I think a lot of men should be clockwork orange style sat down <laughs> and made to listen to the female perspective on dating and they might learn something and go about it a, a bit differently. So mm-hmm. I actually think it was a very useful show. Oh, and I appreciate that. I'm, it, all the episodes are still out there on iTunes. It, it's very worthwhile to check out. Nerds with Words is on the BS Podcast Network, which seems to be kind of more of a collective than a true network, but that's okay. Soundcasters helping each other out. It's all good. It's what we try to do here. You can find their show on iTunes, the Laughable app, and more. Another new-to-us soundcast is PTO Unlimited, hosted by Brett, Josh, and Alex. The PTO part, I think, comes from paid time off, the sort of corporate expression, and the unlimited part is from the fact that they will talk about unlimited topics. Their SoundCloud page says that they are from Fort Wayne, United States. I'm guessing that's in Indiana, too, somewhere in there. Anyway, Tyson flipped us this clip where the hosts kick around the movie Ghost Ship from 2002. Um, as far as watching goes, I watched a movie that's been out forever and I've watched some throughout the years, but I've never watched it from front to back. What are was you... it Gladiator? It was not Gladiator. <laughs> oh my god! I, Did you, I, I think I posted it was, that. I, yes, I saw. I think I, it was. And I, I might remember. have watched it, but Sorry. I'd rather watch the unedited version of like Gladiator. Oh, of Gladiator. Okay. So the movie I did watch was Ghost Ship. Oh yeah, oh, I've seen man. that. I have not seen. I mean, that's a high school movie for yeah, us. Yeah, that was uh, that was something else. The very first part where like the line rips through them or yeah. whatever. That well, spoiler just alert. Sca- uh, 
<laughs> it's 2001. It's a 16-year-old movie. Okay, so so Alex, what were you talking about? The uh, thing that we posted on group chat. I said, "Look, Brett, look what's look what's playing." I was just like was, watching. Oh yeah, I, I was guy. watching TV, and like the very end of Gladiator was playing, it. and I was yep. like, "Brett, turn it off." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's the, I, the ending. I was is just you know, I was, major spoiler. I was playing. So I understand. Ghost Ship. Yes. Yes. Did, when did you watch it? Oh, You'd have to answer like that in question. High school. In high school. Because it came I, out in one. I thought it no. Really? No, yeah, no, 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 yeah, it no, did. No, 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 look no. it up. I'm going to say look that up. I don't think it did. I think I it think came it out came like out later. 2003 You think or I didn't look this five? up as I was watching it? Really? Are you serious? 2001? Maybe it's just one of those movies that we just didn't watch until later. No. Hold on. I Ghost. swear it wasn't 01. Ship 2002. Oh, uh. one year. Ooh. Well, still, well, that, that makes a big difference. Because that doesn't make a big difference. Well, yeah, because that's when we started dating. We weren't yes. dating in 01. Yes. What does that have to do with the movie? Because we started. Because we, we watched, watched it, it while we were but dating. We were dating, like when we started dating, that's what we watched. All right. Anyway. <laughs> and it was. It seemed like a new movie. And you'd never seen it before. I had seen parts of it, it's but a it really years old movie. It really yeah, kind it of like it. It. I couldn't handle the gruesome parts. When I oh, it's difficult. What would you think about the maggots? Yeah, that's <laughs> um, when they're eating food. Uh, one of the guys is from Lord of the Rings. I don't remember his name. Um, it has well, been no, too long. Car- the Carl only... Urban. Carl Urban was the one. Carl guy. Urban. Yeah. Okay. No. Maybe I was mixing up. You guys with know else. I don't know names. And the other guy was in the only thing I've Carl seen. Carl Urban in... is um, Doc on Star Trek: The New Movies. Oh, okay, I got it. Yeah. 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 I like him. Yeah. Um, He's pretty funny. In that the other movie. guy was in Black Hawk Down. He was one the helicopter pilot that's get taken. Okay. Um, yep. Hostage or whatever. Yep. Um, I mean, I, I really liked it. I watched it on IFC, which is not edit. Oh, what? Yeah. IFC? Really? Yeah. Because you know, there was see... boobs. Yeah, there are boobs. There and are they're boobs. Not ghost Man, you boobs. know what? It's been way yeah, too long. Ghost boobs. Way too long since I've seen the movie. Um, I get that confused sometimes with like, um, is it 13 ghosts or 12 yeah, ghosts? Yeah, 13 or... ghosts. Is that what it's called? Yeah, this one was Tony Shaloub. Okay. Again, <laughs> I don't okay. remember the bathroom scene. Yes. yes. Okay. That's that's thirteen, 13 ghosts. ghosts. Okay. Like that one is very difficult to watch. It kind of re- that movie kind of reminds me of Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Like a little bit. What? Thirteen ghosts. Nah. Like the way it's kind of set up a little. I bit. don't know about that, but so, and just on the end an end note for Ghost Ship, mm-hmm. take away the paranormal part. Yeah. Okay. If you're a salvage team and you come across an enormous ocean liner, fuck that. That's been nope. gone for. That is an years. automatic no-no. Yeah, <laughs> don't mean, touch it. Scares. It would scare. It'd be the creepiest freaking thing you'd ever. Don't even not getting on the boat. Just here's, seeing it there. I guess here's a here's a question. You know how people like are like, I'll give you a thousand dollars if you spend the night in this creepy ass hotel. Are you one to like go? Depending on the amount of money, would you do it? Oh, like, man, or is that something know. that would freak you out? Uh, I, like, I would what, if, be more what if somebody gets on grand. this podcast and goes, PTO Unlimited Podcast, we will pay you a half a million dollars to spend one night, one night, you have to last one night in this, like, like hugely known, creepy, like, spirit infested hotel. Like, would we do it? Oh, boy. Together, all three so. of us. I think so. I think I, think I would do it. Well, Especially with so shit out of me. A piece, then yes. Do aftercast. <laughs> That'd be fun. You can find PTO Unlimited on SoundCloud, which seems to be pretty much their home site, since that's where I was redirected from their listing on iTunes. You can also find Succotash on SoundCloud, by the way. We repost there after we drop from Libsyn, where we put up our show, and iTunes, and then uh, the Laughable app. Uh, But we eventually, uh, this episode will find its way to SoundCloud, so look for us there. An old friend of Succotash is Travis Clark. He and his wife, Brandy Clark, had their soundcast, Tiny Odd Conversations, up and running for quite some time. I think TOC, however, is officially in the podcast graveyard now, as their last episode was posted in March of last year. But Travis popped up this last week as the first guest on a new soundcast called The Studio 60 Sessions. Another fine example of niche programming, this show is devoted to a TV show called Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, which was on NBC over a decade ago and lasted just one season. Uh, I remember watching that show, but you can actually get it now. I think it's on Amazon. You can find episodes. And uh, if you click the Amazon banner, by the way, on the top of the homepage, 
at SuckatashShow.com and order the series through there. We get a little thank you from Amazon in monetary form. Anyway, it seems Travis had been a fan of the show, and he joined Studio 60 Sessions host Dave Amiot to chat about the pilot episode of the TV show. Uh, something else of the time that I made a note of, uh, in the sketch that gets sort of cut off, the George W. Bush right. impression sketch, he makes reference to Paula Zahn. Uh, I didn't remember who that was. She was a journalist. Oh, okay. Uh, she was on CNN at the time, and then oh. I, uh, she went to other networks. She bounced around. She's considered credible, but in the days before Fox News was like wall-to-wall pretty harmless blondes mm-hmm. that just want you to be afraid, she was like one of the proto Gotcha. Blondes. Um, and okay. I don't mean to diminish her. And she had nice legs, apparently. apparently, was the joke. Now, this was one of the things that, because this was the age of the internet, I had read the shooting script before I saw the episode. Someone oh. had posted it. And that was one of the things I remember changed between the shooting script and the final product. I distinctly recall in the shooting script, the character said Angelina Jolie has some nice legacy going on. Huh. Uh, the other thing that was different, uh, Three Six Mafia was not the musical guest. Who was the musical guest? I, that I don't recall. Okay. So, but Three Six Mafia is fine. It's very much of the time. Right. They, they just won the Academy Award. Absolutely. Uh, you know what, what? In the very opening that I just thought was odd, that just struck me as bizarre, was that you had the, uh, one of the big three cast members doing warm-up for the show. That felt really weird to me. Yeah. I get that it was a way to introduce the character. I get why it was done from a from a television point of view, but from an actual, actual application, I'd be like, uh, who would want to warm up their own audience? It's a weird choice, I yeah. thought. And Unless it's supposed to be telling us something about Simon. Right. Or maybe it's a very subtle indication that they don't want someone else warming them up. And or- Simon was supposed to basically be like, Almost an Eddie Murphy type character, right? A like bit. A, we later find out that right. he's a graduate of the Yale School of Drama. Oh, so but he, but he what, doesn't have a stand-up background too, isn't that? D.L. Hughley does, right? But I thought they were trying to play off of that too, because when they later on in the series when they go look for a writer and they go to a comedy club, it seemed like he was familiar with. Oh yeah, stand-up. yeah, I, th- yeah. I think that's very much in his. So you could make the argument, okay, well Simon's got a stand-up background; he's right. a good choice to warm up the right. crowd. The crowd's going to be really happy if they see Simon right. before the show. But you're not the first or only person I've talked to about the show that's mentioned that. that it's <laughs> it a seems weird, weird. Yeah. yeah. Because I've done audience work, and yeah. it's never <laughs> someone well-known. I've, I've, I've seen very funny people doing warm-up for audiences and you know trying to keep the audience's energy up, but it's never one of the stars of the but show. But also just from the point of view of, again, if we're, take, if we're putting this in 100% reality, you want your sketch performer thinking about the sketches and getting ready for that and not having to do dual work. You, you you want them to be able to focus on the show, right? That's what I. That's how I would think of it. Especially since apparently this is coming between the dress rehearsal right. and the live performance when stuff is getting cut, right? And rearranged and blah blah. So you're right. It's not. It doesn't make great sense right. that he'd be doing it. There is. Excuse me. There all. There is also this information dump. He gives us a background where this is the twentieth year of the sketch right. show. So it's been on since 1986. This doesn't get confirmed in this episode. It, it happens in the next episode where, at the time, I was uh, reading and posting on news groups about this show. There was not one specifically for Studio 60. Mm. So anyone who wanted to talk about this one was still posting in the West Wing news group. Oh, okay. And so when this aired, there was a question of, okay, so NBC is a real network in the artificial world of this show. Does Saturday Night Live exist? That gets confirmed in the next episode. Right. We don't know that necessarily in the pilot, but Saturday Night Live exists. Right, right, right. So when this show, Studio 60, premiered in 1986, it wasn't the groundbreaking... Right, it was kind of a copycat show. Yeah, it was Fridays. Yeah, right, right, yeah. The Studio 60 sessions are available on Podbean, but I've not seen them up on iTunes yet, so stay tuned is my guess. They'll be up there shortly. Just like all the clips we feature on Succotash Clips, if you head over to our home site, SuccotashShow.com, You can click on the titles for each podcast for a quick trip to that show's home site. So that saves you poking around on Google or whatnot if you want to make it a shorter trip. Also, look for Travis Clark on uh, on the Twit stream. He tweets quite a bit, so he's out there still, even though he's wandering the mists of Soundcast land. All right, it's Tweet Sack time. Hello, Tweety. We've got our second burst of Durst right around the corner, but first, let's see if there's anything rambling around in here. It's been a couple of weeks, so there should be something. 
Jesse P.S. over at Pod Awful caught me out on one of uh, the tweeted messages where I mentioned if you want to talk about comedy podcasts, just call the Succotash Hotline. Of course, you may refer to them as podcasts, but we try to say soundcasts. I slipped up in that tweet and out it went. Not much gets by, Jesse. He called me out on it. I'll get you. <laughs> Check out his shows at podawful.com. And you can still call our hotline anytime you want to talk about comedy soundcasts or anything else. That, that strange pimple that won't go away. 818-921-7212. Leave a message I can play on the show. Pod Couple at Pod Couple tweeted, Thanks, Game Telford, Succotash Show, Cave Crew Radio, for being top engaged community members this week. I think that's one of those auto things that if you retweet somebody, you get mentioned. But we're happy to get the attention. I got an email from Kylie Lobel, wife of comedian, soundcaster, and past guest of Succotash, Danny Lobel. She's also the producer of his soundcast, Modern Day Philosophers. She writes, hey, Mark, I hope all is well. I have a quick question. Who writes the features at Splitsider.com? Danny is doing a show in the Edinburgh Fringe this year. I'd love to get a story about him out on the site. Thanks so much, and I look forward to hearing from you. Sincerely, Kylie. Well, many of you know that I'm a contributing soundcast reviewer to this weekend's comedy podcast column in Splitsider, as well as my own blog on Huffington Post. And I told Kylie what I'll tell you if you're looking to get some ink for your show. Reach out and contact an editor at Splitsider, or really any site or publication, that you want coverage from. You might not get any coverage or response, but if you have an interesting twist on why they should look at your show and think about writing about it, that just might happen. So I pointed her in the direction of Meg Wright, who is the uh, editor who handles the This Week in Comedy podcast column. So hopefully something will happen for them. That'd be nice and good to hear from you, Kylie. Thank you. This is as good a place as any to plug my friends over at the Laughable app. If you have an iPhone and aren't already using the Laughable app, go get it now. Now. Go get it. Now. Laughable lets you subscribe not just to Soundcasts, but also directly to me and other comedians. That way you can stay current on all of my Soundcast appearances as a host or as a guest as they're released. And if you're already using Laughable and have already been enjoying it, go leave them a five-star review in the App Store, just like you're going to do for Succotash Show, right? Remember, you're going to go rate and review us too, right? Hmm? First, for, In fact, first do us and then do Laughable. Okay. I got an email from next year's upcoming San Francisco Sketch Fest, a January thing for the past 17 years here in the city by the bay, inviting me to submit an entry. So once again, we'll see if they'll let me drag this dog and pony show up on stage at some point during the run of the very next Sketch Fest coming up in January of next year. I also heard back from somebody in the office at the L.A. Podcast Festival. I can't find their email now. Uh, they have the sixth annual one of those coming up in October. I've offered to host another panel like I did last year. They said they would let me know. If they, if they do, and I am, I will let you know. Time to crank up the old cavalcade of gratitude to thank all of you who have been so kind as to tweet, retweet, forward, thumbs up, like, heart, and otherwise mention this show in your social media circles. GIF of Assholes podcast. We got this podcast. Bob Garfield, our special guest in previous episode 152. Thank you, Bob. Dave Nelson, CMC Karth, Rena Hundert, Queen with a KW, Queen, Cocktails podcast. Uh, that's C O C K T A L E S, Cocktails podcast. Podcast Booster Bot, The Slant, Christine Blackburn, Bonanobo, Dar Dixon. Salty Language Podcast, Comedy Plugs, Kyle Learman, Heathen on the Track, Jim Chammers, Bree Poe, David G. Johnson, Alex Brazell, Stephen Perlstein, Perlstein, Laura, I'll just do that as two separate people, Laura Murley, J. Michael Osborne, Big Cliffy, Eric Angelus, Jordan Brady, Podcast Spotlight, Winnie Sun, The O'Reilly Factor, Hunter Block, Dabiral, Changes in Latitudes, King, Tapped Podcast, Rapture Insurance, Illusionoid, Carrie Snow, The All-Seeing Guys, The Pod Couple, Frank Cronin, Greg Yoder, and Broken Filter Live Pod. 
Thanks again, guys. If you mention us in your social media, we'll try to get you mentioned here. So there. Mr. Durst? Hey, guys. Will Durst here with a few choice words about James Comey's testimony in front of the Senate Intelligence Committee, which, no, is not an oxymoron. Just sounds like one. To say the reaction has been mixed is like intimating that pillowcases full of live eels might not be conducive to long naps. Liberals claim that Comey proved that President Donald Trump obstructed justice and envisioned an impeachment trial right around the corner. While conservatives maintain the former FBI director's testimony revealed he leaked important documents and his criminal trial is imminent. And oh yeah, where's the investigation on Hillary Clinton's emails? It all boils down to whether you believe Comey's story that the president hoped he could make the Michael Flynn investigation go away. Comey says he did. President says he didn't. One major element in this he-said-he-said misadventure is a credibility gap the size of the Louisiana Purchase. The ambitious Jimmy Stewart Boy Scout versus the bombastic makes-stuff-up-as-he-goes-along real estate developer. Comey said he told Attorney General Jefferson Beauregard Sessions III that he didn't want to be in the same room alone with President Trump, and not because the president was eyeing him salaciously and popping Tic Tacs at the time. The big defense Republicans are rolling out is that the president is new at this sort of thing and doesn't know what he's doing. He isn't housebroken, still got his training wheels on, only had a couple of at-bats at presidential spring training, Problem is, he's five months in as leader of the free world and hasn't picked up this protocol stuff, what you might call quickly. Who's surprised? The guy is 70 years old. Not sure his learning curve has many more bendy parts left. Can't teach an old dog new tricks. Hell, we can't even get this old dog to face forward and sit semi-erect. For Succotash, the comedy Soundcast, Soundcast, I'm Will Durst. That burst by Mr. Durst will have to be enough to hold you until next time, or visit his home site, willdurst.com, or follow him at Will Durst on Twitter. Then you'll get more until before next time. That's going to do it for Epi 153. Don't forget to check out our new baby Patreon site at patreon.com slash succotash, where you can help us out on a regular basis. You can also use the Amazon banner at the top of the page to do your shopping at succotashshow.com. And uh, we'll get a little kickback from that. We got $4 last month, so woohoo! And then there's that dusty old donate button also on the Succotash page that nobody seems to care about. Money aside, you can always be a pal and help us out with a five-star rating and glowing review up on the iTunes podcast listing. And if you're a comedy podcaster would like to feature your show on our show, you can upload a three- to five-minute clip. That's a clip, not a promo to our direct upload site. Bill Haywatt has that information standing by and coming up for you in just a few moments. Other than the, those last words, I have nothing left to offer you except that I hope you are enjoying a wonderful summer and thank you for passing the succotash. That is all. Goodbye. You've been listening to Succotash Clips, the comedy soundcast soundcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, on SoundCloud, and on Ha Ha Ha, the laughable app. You can also hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Succotash Show. Email us at marc at succotashshow.com. Or call into the Succotash hotline at our non-toll-free call number, 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcasts directly to us using our direct upload link at hightail.com slash you slash Succotash. Succotash is produced and engineered with the kind assistance of Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our associate producer is Tyson Sainer. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Turgis. Until next time, I am your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the Succotash. Goodbye.
Hello, Mark Hershon. This is your friend in podcasting, Phil Lairness, co-host of your Chill Pack Hollywood Hour. I'm dropping you a line to let you know how much I enjoyed the Epi 357, especially the whole discussion about pour-over coffee in Tulsa. Also, I think I can help you with something. In Epi 357, you lamented the fact that your landlord won't let you pay rent with mentions on the show and that your gas station won't let you fill up your tank in exchange for mentions on the show. I can't help you with your landlord, not yet anyway, but I might just be able to help you with your car's gas tank. You see, your Chill Pack Hollywood Hour is brought to you each week by Empire State Gas, the largest independently owned gas station chain east of the Mississippi. Their gas is organically grown, and right now, anyone who mentions succotash at the pump will fill up their tanks absolutely free. Empire State Gas. From farm to pump, they've got great gas. Follow Empire State Gas on Twitter at Empire State Gas. And enjoy your Chill Pack Hollywood Hour each and every week at chillpackhollywood.com. That's C-H-I-L-L-P-A-K, Hollywood.com.